on the Northland Outdoors Radio Network, this is Northland Outdoors Radio. For the next hour, we'll give you the latest on fishing, hunting, and spending time in the outdoors all across the Northland. Welcome to Northland Outdoors Radio. Now here's your host, Brett T-Bone Amundsen. Well, welcome back to Northland Outdoors Radio, and welcome to the fifth month of the year. We're going to be fishing pretty soon. The woods are starting to green up, babies are being born across the Northland, and kids younger and younger are shooting turkeys. You can read about the three-year-old, Isaac Johnson of East Grand Forks, bagging his first turkey at northlandoutdoors.com. That's right, three years old. The morels are also making an appearance, and mushroom hunters are finding blacks in the northern regions and yellows in the south. But did you guys see that big yellow morel that came across uh, social media that was going around? From Missouri, wasn't it? Is that, is that where it was? I wasn't sure where it was from, but it was huge. Do we know if it's for sure it's real? It's probably fake. Because it was the yeah. size of a small child. <laughs> it was a pretty small child. I saw a milk jug. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. All right. Well, c- coming up on this week's show, we got a really cool guest, Lonnie Bedwell. He was the National Geographic Adventurer of the Year in 2015. He's a blind veteran who became the first blind person to kayak the Grand Canyon. It's an unbelievable story. Uh, you're going to want to stick around to hear about it, I promise. Also, Julie Ranham is the Executive Director of the Redland Arts Center in Watertown, what have things been been like there since Terry Redland passed away? We'll find out. And we'll also see what plans are moving forward for the center. The Minnesota Walleye Openers next weekend. Joe Henry will give us a report on what Lake of the Woods and Rainy River and the Rainy River, what they look like now. And for those of you tuned in to 105.7 FM in Siren, Wisconsin, and uh, or maybe even 1350 AM around Pine City. This is a one hours out one hour outdoors show that will now be heard on this station each week. Thank you for checking us out, including my parents who finally get to listen to the show for the first time over the air. Exciting in time, Northwest yeah. Wisconsin so on uh, 105.7 FM in uh, Siren. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. <laughs> now, la- ladies and gentlemen, here we go. More than you ever. More than you ever wanted to know about turkeys, ladies and gentlemen. I knew you guys were excited to jump right into this. That's the Northland Outdoors staff, by the way. Hey, guys. Hey there. Hey, Brett. Hi. Greg Kaiser, Brian Peterson, and Becca Clemens. The eastern turkey is the subspecies most common in our area. There are some Merriams in the western part of the Dakotas, but was that always the case? No. Turkeys were once rare, and the reintroduction of turkeys in this area is one of the great conservation success stories, as they once roamed across the, uh, the area before being driven out and over-harvested. And now, we're going to let you know more than you ever wanted to know about turkeys. Guys, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Question, question number one, what turkeys were reintroduced to Minnesota? Is it A, Easterns, B, Merriams, or C, both? Becca. C, both. Brian. Mm, I was hoping Greg was going to go first because he knows everything. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why he's going he's last. <laughs> and I went first because I don't know much. So you're in the middle um, there, Brian. <laughs> oh. 
I don't think it's C, but I'm going to go with C. C. All right, and Greg? I'm also going to go with C. The answer is C. Right. You, I, you guys all have it correct. Beck, I threw a hard one at you right away. I'm you impressed. Did. You got that. Fastball. Thank you. Thank you very much. In the mid-1960s, Merriams from South Dakota, Nebraska, and Arkansas were released into the state, but they can't survive Minnesota's climate like the Easterns can that were once native to Minnesota. Question number two, more than you ever wanted to know about turkeys. In 1971, Minnesota participated in a bird trade with Missouri. Missouri trapped 13 wild turkeys and sent them to Minnesota. Two years later, they sent 16 more. That's basically where these turkeys came from. It's amazing what turkeys have done now in Minnesota. What did Minnesota send to Missouri in return? Is it A, pheasants, B, sharp-tailed grouse, or C, roughed grouse? Brian. One more time. Uh, what did Minnesota... No, s- what's, what's A again? A was uh, pheasants, mm-hmm. B was sharp tails, and C is roughs. No moral mushrooms, huh? <laughs> no mushrooms. Um, they got their own down yeah, there. Yeah, they've got a big one. <laughs> um, let's go with uh, sharp tails. Sharpies. All right, Becca. I'm going to go with A. A is pheasants. And Greg? Rough grouse. Rough grouse is the correct answer, guys. (laughs) Sorry about that. They were trading three rough grouse per turkey. Missouri wanted to get uh, some more rough grouse in the state. They actually participated in trades with a number of states. They had so many. They're like, we're sick of these turkeys. Somebody take them. We want some more grouse. So they traded uh, for grouse from a lot of different states, including Minnesota back in 1971. Question number three, what are young turkeys called? Is it A, chicks, B, colts, or C, poults? Greg. Poults. Brian. Poults. Becca. I guess poults. I, I let Greg. <laughs> I shouldn't ask Greg. Yeah, that's what I, already, I knew that one, though. <laughs> I did. You wasted a good one. <laughs> young turkeys called poults are able to fly in three or four weeks, but they stay with their mother for up to four months. Apparently, they have... It's like living in their basement until they're 30. Living the dream. Got to kick them out of the nest. Question four. How many subspecies of wild turkeys are found in the U.S.? Is it A, five, B, six, or C, eight? Brian. Uh, I'm going to go with eight. I'm going to make Greg answer this one last, too. (laughs) Becca. I'm going to go with six. Six. And Greg? Well, technically four, but there are five. And would you like, for bonus point, would you like to name them? The uh, Eastern. Yes. The Rio. Yes. The Merriams. Yes. The Osceola. Correct. And then there's the uh, bird from Mexico that they have a small population in uh, New Mexico and Arizona. That is the Gould's turkey. Well, you're kind of correct. But according to the research I did, there is the Goulds, that's the five in the U.S., and then there's a sixth in Mexico. Which is the Ocelot. There you go. You made up for it. (laughs) I was right. Are the two secret unknown species that would make for eight? And for the record, another successful reintroduction program is the province of Ontario, where they introduced birds in the early 80s to the tune of a small number, and they've got over 100,000 birds. I was over there in last year, and it was awesome. Wow. So uh, they yeah. are tough, tough birds. Question number five. There's a rumor that this popular founding father wanted the turkey as a national bird. Was it A, Thomas Jefferson, B, Benjamin Franklin, or C, John Adams? Brian. Uh, ben was a wild man and ahead of his time. We'll go with Ben, ben Be- Franklin. Becca. Thomas Jefferson. And Greg. Uh, Ben Franklin. It is Benjamin Franklin. The rumor is that the turkey lost by a single vote, but I I haven't been able to find any actual evidence that this actually happened. Uh, 
Benjamin Franklin, though, was critical of the bald eagle becoming the national symbol and wrote a letter about it and mentioned the turkey in there saying, you know, bald eagle's a scavenger, he's a coward, you know, really, the turkey will stand up to any, anything and anybody. I mean, have you guys ever been charged by a wild turkey walking down the street? Or, or they're see pretty what, wacky. They're mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. I've had them chase me around. They'll go and peck at your window and they see reflections. They're tough birds. And uh, so he was, he was a little critical of the bald eagle. It's debatable as to whether or not he actually wanted the turkey but to be the national symbol. But we felt that the turkey got a raw deal. So we're here to give the turkey a second chance. <laughs> so it's time for the Big Bird Battle Royale. <laughs> Good, thanks. <laughs> because, because nothing is more American than a good old-fashioned slugfest in the spotlight, right? Just like our, what, presidential elections, maybe, Ooh. UFCs. Ooh. So we're going to pit these two heavyweights, the bald eagle and the wild turkey, against each other to see which one should be the national symbol for America in this Big Bird Battle Royale. Gosh, I just jumped in my seat like a foot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Round one. Which bird would win at an all-you-can-eat buffet? (laughs) Which bird? The bald eagle or the turkey? uh, What's on the buffet? Mm. Anything. (laughs) It's old country style. I think, uh, yeah. Uh, Which one is a better eater? Let's be honest. I think this one... Because in America, eating is... Kind of number one, right? I mean, that's what we like to do. We like to eat. Some of us healthy, some of us maybe not so <laughs> not much. So much. <laughs> you know? Why were you looking at me? When you <laughs> but uh, I, I think eagles are, are pretty good scavengers. They're pretty good eaters. Mm-hmm. Not as good to eat, I wouldn't guess. Well, I was talking about them eating, oh, not yeah. us eating. Well, eating them, which not, is illegal, of course. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> So, I, I don't know, round one, I think we got to give it to the bald eagle. I'm, I'm going Agreed. with the eagle, yeah. All right. Winner, bald eagle, round one. Okay. <laughs> big bird battle, what did I call this thing? The big bird battle royale. I don't know, you sound like the Batman voice when you do that. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Batman. Why does Batman sound like this, by I the way? For, not only was Batman bad, but uh, who is the other guy that who wore the mask? Oh, Bane. Bane. Bane, Tom Hardy. I'm Bane. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Bane. I sound ridiculous. Why? I don't understand why. Hang on. Yeah, take the I don't understand why Bane and Batman. I mean, gosh. What I don't it? even know what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> round two. Which bird would win in a steel cage death match? Weather ladders? Because they're both pretty tough. Yeah. So which bird in a steel cage death match, the turkey or the bald eagle, which one is the winner? Spurs versus talons, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a tough one. You know, uh, the bald eagle has a longer reach. He's yeah. got a wingspan of eight feet versus the four-foot span of a turkey. But, I mean, turkeys... Turkeys are kind of ruthless. Yeah, the toughest f- thing Pretty ever, scrappy. Too. They fight dirty. I'd go yeah. with the turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some When in doubt, stuff. scratching and poking wins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I think, I don't know. I, that's a pretty tough one. We might have to go with a draw. Yeah. Can we pick a winner? I don't know. They're both pretty, we'll say it's, we'll say it's a draw. 
Round three, Big Bird ba Battle Royale. I keep forgetting what this is called. <laughs> Round three, which bird tastes better? Wait a minute, we can't ask that question. No, I don't have you guys that. ever had eagle? Can no, you pull a duck? no, it tastes like loon. Yeah, like yeah, apparently <laughs> put bacon on it. I realized what I was saying as I was saying it. You know, you wrap bacon and deep fry it. It tastes like any other protected species. Yeah, so. I know. All right, so this one goes to the turkey. So we got one for the eagle, one for the turkey, and one tie. I can see how the forefathers may have struggled with this one. I'm voting turkey overall because I mean they eat ticks. And, uh, you know, the fish thing, you know, we're competing with the fish. I don't know. I'm, I'm going turkey today. <laughs> you go turkey. Well, time. Greg, I write your congressman. <laughs> Maybe we can get this changed. All right, there you go. The Big Bird Battle Royale on Northland Outdoors Radio. Now, you may not see as many turkeys up there, but you will see eagles and walleyes, lots of walleyes. It's Lake of the Woods and the Rainy River. They'll be a popular destination next weekend as the Minnesota walleye season opens up. Joe Henry has a fishing report for us next. Plus, coming up, Julie Ranham, the executive director of the Redland Arts Center in Watertown. We're going to find out what the center will be doing moving forward after the passing of Terry Redland. And the 2015 Adventure of the Year, Lonnie Bedwell, is coming up as well. He's got some amazing stories on the way on Northland Outdoors Radio. How would you like this to be the sound of your alarm clock? The Lakeshore Kings have your chance to spend weekends and weekdays in Lake Country with the unique opportunity to own and operate your own resort. Birch Haven Resort on Birch Lake near Hackensack offers sunset views from its sandy beach and comfortable cabins. And it's on the market at an extremely reasonable price. Contact Steve Leary or Preston Peters of Exit Lakes Realty by visiting lakeshorekings.com. That's lakeshorekings.com and begin your life at the lake today. Hey, anglers, looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life? Look no further than the famous waters of Lake of the Woods. From Bedette and the Rainy River to the main lake up to the Northwest Angle. Here, you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state. Maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon, pike, or muskies. Plus, you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats, delicious meals, and lots of Minnesota nice. Come experience the walleye capital of the world. Come experience Lake of the Woods. Catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Hunting waterfowl around Laquiparl is a Minnesota waterfowling tradition. Watson Hunting Camp is Western Minnesota's premier full-service waterfowl hunting camp. Stay in the Watson Hunting Camp Hotel or Bunkhouse and have dinner in the Watson Hunting Camp Restaurant. Fishermen and campers are welcome. Watson Hunting Camp comes with RV hookups, live music, and drink specials. The Watson Hunting Camp Bar is open Wednesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to close. Look for our billboard just north of Watson on Highway 7. For more information and directions, find us on Facebook or visit WatsonHunting.com. This is Northland Outdoors Radio. We're back here on Northland Outdoors Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in. And it, it seems like the walleye season on the Rainy River just wrapped up, but it's just about to open up once again, along with that big walleye factory known as Lake of the Woods. Joe Henry joins us now on Northland Outdoors Radio once again. Joe, um, are you excited to get back out on the water? Oh, man. After, <laughs> after the last four days of the spring walleye fishing, was I mean there were so many walleyes in that rainy river it was chock full and there were so many big walleyes I mean the net was scoop the net was flipping everywhere I mean everybody was catching fish and so many big fish that yeah yeah I'm a little bit jacked up to get back out in that water you don't right I am and and I guess I should say maybe not get back out on the water because maybe you've been out on the water because uh, sturgeon has been open up there and in what there was just a big uh, pike tournament. 
Yeah. Yep. So you're you're exactly right. You know, I, I guess get back in the water targeting walleyes, but you know, uh, yeah. So um, first off, sturgeon season is going strong right now, and you know the sturgeon season goes uh, through May 15th, and then it shuts down for about six weeks, and then uh, opens up all summer again. You know, uh, sturgeon's becoming more and more popular, Brett. But man, the sheer size of these fish when you get to battle a sturgeon and actually feel the strength of these fish, it's it's pretty cool and. It's not rocket science. I mean, you know, we catch a good number of sturgeon. They're very plentiful. And, you know, it's almost like carp fishing or catfish fishing where you're using a big ball of bait like night crawlers on the bottom in a hole in the river. And it's really enjoyable. So, yes, sturgeon fishing is going strong. And then, of course, uh, this past weekend, uh, Zippo Bay Resort had their 20th annual uh, pike tournament. And it was a two-day tournament with teams of, of two. And uh, they had 69 teams in the tournament, and uh, man, did they catch fish. They, uh, they caught a, a number of fish over 40 inches, which is a, a world-class pike. And it, it was interesting. They, they measured uh, 421 pike, but that does not include the pike that were between 30 and 40 inches that, by definition, that's a slot limit on Lake of the Woods. You've got to put those pike immediately back into the water. So there's a lot of pike caught. And, uh, you know, it's fun because... They, uh, the, the, one of the main techniques catching those pike in this cold water is using like a dead cisco, a dead bait on a quick strike rig, and either laying it on the bottom or having a bobber and uh, hold, placing it just six inches off the bottom, just above it. And those pike, you know, some of them are lethargic in that cold water, just bent on spine. So that was effective. Some people got them casting, uh, you know, some of the spinner baits and, and uh, daredevils and stuff into the close to the weeds. Then there were some other boats that actually caught some fish trolling shallow diving crankbaits in that bay. Hmm. So it was just a great weekend. Big pike. You know, uh, obviously trophy pike in the water is the lake of the woods up there. And um, some people obviously target them, but uh, it's, they're, they almost seem like they're an afterthought. You think about that, a trophy fish that's an afterthought on <laughs> lake of the woods just because uh, the you know the walleye fishing is so good up there. And the opener, of course, coming up again next weekend. Things looking pretty good for the opener next weekend? Yeah, well, you know, I get back to that pike fishing. I'll just mention pike are open all year long, so they do get missed. And, you know, I think that the month they really get targeted, Brent, is March. That's what everybody goes after them with tip-ups. Sure. Because you know, they're, they're congregating for the spawn. But, yeah, getting back to that walleye fishing, yeah, so th- things are looking real good, and I'll tell you why. Well, first off, that river's been chock full of walleyes. And usually what happens in the opener is that uh, there'll still be some uh, nice walleyes left in the river. So if, uh, if a person wants to fish the river, that's, that's a... a a good opportunity. Then you got Four Mile Bay, which is at the mouth of the Rainy River, and uh, Four Mile Bay is somewhat secluded, and uh, that whole channel, that edge, will hold walleyes, usually in that uh, the whole May time frame. And then, of course, you have uh, that whole south shore, and oftentimes what happens is those walleyes will be adjacent uh, to that shoreline, you know, in anywhere from, gosh, you know, eight to, to 25 feet of water, and there'll, there'll be different groups of walleyes that are spread out through there, so it's pretty easy picking. You know, most people are going to be jigging them with a jig and a frozen shiner or jigging a minnow. Um, and a lot of times at Lake of the Woods, for whatever reason, those walleyes, rather than drifting with the jig, they prefer when you anchor up and just go straight vertical. Um, other, other people in a very small percentage will pull crankbaits. And I'll tell you what, you know, we, we've learned over the years, pulling cranks in that cold water is very effective. You will catch fish. Most people don't do it, but it works really, really well. Does the town of uh, Bedette double in size <laughs> on opening weekend? 
you know, I don't know if it doubles in size. You know, uh, um, there, there is there is a fair number of people that come up for the opener, but you know, it's not like it's pandemonium. I mean, you know, we get some boats and stuff, but there's room. There's, there's room available water, for the Minnesota sure. fishing opener. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of people probably have their traditional spots. You know, it's it's kind of like Fourth of July. Yeah, we get some people coming up Fourth of July, but I think people have their traditions they kind of stick to too. What about, you know, obviously there's a lot of water, so there's a lot of room for, for boats on the water, but what about on, on land, a lot of lodging, resorts, things like that, still a lot of availability for next weekend? Oh, heck yeah, you're sure is. You know, uh, you know, the nice thing about Lake of the Woods, we have, uh, we have about 60 different lodging facilities, and, you know, they're spread out through the town of Bedette. We've got them on the Rainy River, the south shore of Lake of the Woods, and certainly uh, up at the northwest angle. And, yep, you know, Brett, we have everything from uh, hotels, uh, to you know, resorts that have both lodge rooms and also uh, cabins. Man, we got uh, real fancy big cabins, and we have cabins that are are older, but they're very clean, very cute, and very very reasonably priced. And uh, you know, our so we do have something for everybody, truly. And it's one of the opportunities. You know, you go to some destinations, and even though they're good fisheries, maybe they don't have the infrastructure, so it's real hard to get a room. And you know, we're really not like that. Uh, maybe maybe some weekends in the winter, but. In the summer, it's pretty good to go. Well, and I heard the water temperatures were warming up a little bit, and uh, the the current and the uh, the water level was coming down a little bit. So next weekend, I mean, with the walleye still in the river and uh, more and more sturgeon moving in, that could be uh, a great weekend on the river. Oh gosh, there, there's gonna be there's gonna be people catching walleye. I mean, we have people fishing sturgeon right now with those sturgeon rigs. You know, you put three four crawlers on a five odd circle hook, and they're catching walleye. Sure. Well, if that tells you anything, you know, yeah, there's going to be game on the river. And you know what? Hey, there's going to be people that are way up river fishing them. And there's going to be people that are right down by that mouth. But uh, there, there's going to be a lot of fish to be had. You know, this, this cold water, those fish are on the feed. It's post-spawn. I mean, traditionally, the, the, the open art lake of the woods uh, is really good. Joe Henry, where can people find a list of uh, Lake of the Woods resorts, guides, fishing reports, and things like that? Yeah, you know, check out our website. It's a one-stop shop and lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Joe, thank you very much. Can't wait to get back up there, Rainy River and Lake of the Woods. Thank you for being on Northland Outdoors Radio. Coming up later in the show, the 2015 National Geographic Adventurer of the Year, Lonnie Bedwell. He's the first blind person to kayak the Grand Canyon. It's a very cool, inspirational story. Plus, Julie Ranham, she's the executive director of the Redland Arts Center. She joins us next on Northland Outdoors Radio. Hey, anglers, looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life? Look no further than the famous waters of Lake of the Woods. From Bedette and the Rainy River to the main lake up to the Northwest Angle. Here, you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state. Maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon, pike, or muskies. Plus, you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats, delicious meals, and lots of Minnesota nice. Come experience the walleye capital of the world. Come experience Lake of the Woods. Catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. LandRadar.com is a website to remember. Find the most extensive information about potlatch land at LandRadar.com. And right now, LandRadar.com has a northern Minnesota game farm for sale. Over 1,000 acres of fields and forest land, a lodge, five cabins, kennels, and an expansive home on the lake. Ideal habitat for deer, bear, and upland birds. Or just enjoy hiking, horseback riding, or on ATVs. To learn more, call 866-403-LAND. Visit LandRadar.com, a part of Close Converse Properties. Outdoors enthusiasts, there's something to be said about paging through a glossy, eye-catching, engrossing magazine. Maybe it's an escape to the places that make the Northland great, or the amazing variety the region has to offer. So much more than just hunting and 
fishing, and that's Northern Outdoors Magazine. Inside, discover the people, places, and things that encompass this outdoors mecca with offerings from some of the top outdoors writers and photographers in the region. It's all yours and at no charge. Subscribe for free at northernoutdoors.com and experience the Northland like never before. You're listening to Northland Outdoors Radio.